Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Talking Wellness presented by South Florida Wellness Network. Today, we have a special episode. And I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> I feel like every week is a special we episode. We have a lot of special guests. But that's that's where I was going is that I, I feel that every time we have a guest, is a very special situation here in the podcast. We do important work here, people. Yeah, we do. We do. We Every every week, we try to make it as special as possible. Um. So we decided to boot Kayla again because, you know, we don't like her. I'm yeah. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. So Kayla is actually busy uh, doing some trainings uh, for work. So she, she doesn't she, like us. Uh, yeah, that's that's the reason. She doesn't like us. She, she went to do the training, so she's not with us. <laughs> but, um, no, obviously, she she's doing great. We talked to her. I talked to her yesterday, I think it was, <clears throat> and she's doing great. Um, but uh, she'll be back hopefully next week with uh, a special episode that we're going to have here where, with more guests. And it'll probably be a special episode. Should we episode. mention what that's about? Or? I say let's let's okay. give it a surprise okay. because I, I feel like it's it builds more tension when we Absolutely. leave it as a hey, surprise. I'm with you. So today, like I mentioned, we brought a very special guest to talk with us. And I before uh, before we dig deep into this episode of My Story Matters, told you it was coming soon. Um, um, I want to kind of talk about how I met her. Uh, but obviously, I want to present you guys Susanna. Susanna is a very special person. She uh, is known for many, many great things, and I'm way too excited to have her here on the podcast. Um, but I'm going to give her the opportunity to introduce herself and share a little bit of what she does. Well, thank you so much, first of all. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are uh, at whatever time you're listening to this uh, or watching. Um, this is beautiful and a beautiful opportunity. I also feel special. Um, from the moment I walked in, this is a nice place. feels like a safe uh, space where you can actually be yourself and, and, and this podcast as well. So sad that I didn't get to meet Kayla yet. I yeah. was listening to her, uh, the, the first episode of the My Story um, series uh, with her story, and it, it was impressive, very inspiring, and also yeah. very brave uh, that a person uh, gets to open like that uh, and, yeah. and helps and help others. Uh, so, Chris, Mike, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I am Susana Illera Martinez. I'm a Colombian bilingual writer, so. graphic designer, <laughs> um, creative person uh, since forever. I, I live here in Miami um, since 20 years ago. No, a little less than 20, more or less. Um, and I love what I do. I, I've been doing this uh, for a while, first as a hobby. You want to say that? So hobby, uh, writing. But then uh, it became my life it became my profession my career and i am i am so happy uh, that i get to do that because it changed my life and and i do it also because i know and i acknowledge that it changes changes other others so um, thank you for having me yeah and um thank you for being here uh, like i said it's it's very special so i kind of want to share the story of how i met susanna um it was uh it was quite unexpected in the sense that, you know, it's funny how the world works sometimes where you just stumble upon someone. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll start <clears throat> the first time I saw her because I met her two Saturdays ago. But um, I actually we both went to a conference two years ago called Rompiendo Stigmas, uh, presented by United Way. Um, what does that mean? 
uh, rising above stigmas. Yeah, bre breaking stigmas. Or breaking mm -hmm. stigmas, cool. yeah. Um, so the it's a Spanish conference here in uh, Davie, Florida, uh, where a bunch of people from the community come, different organizations that help the community come, and we just talk about the importance of talking about how you're feeling, <laughs> you know? And um, that's super cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's mostly Hispanic presence. All, all yeah. of yeah. it. It's specifically awesome. in Spanish. This yeah. is entirely in Spanish. And is this this year was the seventh uh, year because uh, yep. it's every year um, and they do it. It's beautiful because they have they offer to the families. Uh, it's a free conference. They offer breakfast, a very good lunch and all these roasters of speakers uh, kind of like giving uh, insights and, and tools and talking about how important it is for uh, those participating in the conference to understand that the stigma of mental health and drug addiction could be hurting your family wow. and how can you break it. Uh, so if you love your family, you should just open your eyes, open your ears and, and learn. Yeah. From my perspective, I mean, coming from like, you know, I'm black and I'm Spanish, like I've know that those are two of the hardest communities to adapt to mental health yeah. uh -huh. and you know 100 anything yeah we have a beautiful health. history of of toxicity exactly in families and, and, machismo uh, absolutely. And toxic male traditional male so, so yeah. it's that's super awesome to hear that yeah that's it's awesome and the, and the conference gets full it's oh yeah the, the, so the, many people come that room gets really 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 full so I was uh, I was honored with the opportunity of being the the keynote speaker, oh, wow, uh, awesome. one of the keynote speakers, um, two years in a row. This year I was not um, speaking, but I had my little table with my books and talking to the community and also sharing with them um, some uh, workshop that we're working with um, United Way and offering uh, for the community in Broward County. Um, also to raise awareness about mental health within the family and the community that has like grown-ups with kids in charge or yeah. children in charge. So I guess you yeah. heard my one of my. So two years ago, I uh -huh. heard your 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 beautiful, uh, uh, I guess we'll talk um, where you spoke about the amazing character of Bruno from Encanto. <laughs> yes. And you talked... But you're uh, not supposed to talk about Bruno. We're not supposed to talk about Bruno. That's what the song says. But the the talk was... I love the name. Let's talk about Bruno. Or Vamos a hablar de Bruno. And I remember I wasn't working for South Florida Wellness Network at the time. So I, was, I went there with my mother, who she works for Hispanic Unity. So I just kind of came in support of her. And uh, because I didn't have anything else to do on a Saturday. So she's like, come to the conference. I'm yeah. like, okay. And I just want to say I loved it because I I've personally have felt the problems in the my Latino community and my family of talking about mental health. I have a psychologist as a mother, and I've still found it really hard to talk about my feelings with my family, mm -hmm. right? I believe it. Yeah. So it was really impactful for me because I loved the movie. And to see that perspective, you know, it really opened my eyes and, and it made me fall in love more with the movie because you gave a really interesting perspective about what, I, what I, it I really meant. I also ruined it. You did ruin the movie. <laughs> it, it really it really affected, you know, how you watch the movie. <laughs> you can hear that song again <laughs> no. with the same ear. But there's no, a lot, of, talk there about a lot of movies, like not a lot, because I don't want to... 
make it seem like you your message wasn't important, but there are some movies that mm-hmm. are like that. They'll make a yes. movie for the kids and they'll make another movie for the adults. There's one, one movie coming up actually yeah. that I'm looking forward to. It's, it's directed and produced by John Krasinski, the guy from oh, the yeah. office. Yep, 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 yep. If I heard of the it, yeah. imaginary, imaginary friends, friends. That is also like something that I'm prepared. I'm gonna take my box of Kleenex because it's gonna yeah. Be waterfalls. I'm just mm. I'm just impressed he moved into making a children's movie. Yeah. He's been moving in a lot of different directions. He since said, the well, you know yeah. what I heard him saying something really interesting is that whatever he was he he'd done before this, um, his daughter never had the opportunity to see him because the office not appropriate. Whatever movie here and there War not movies. appropriate. Quiet place so is this, not is, this is the movie. first movie or work that I'm gonna de- uh, do on screen. That he's gone also gonna act on it. Um, that my daughter is gonna be able to enjoy. And, and he says that he had the, that idea. And bec- and one of the characters is inspired in the imaginary friend that their daughter have. Oh, I'm wow. excited, John. Me too. I love John. <laughs> yeah, I've been a big amazing. fan of John since The Office, A Quiet yeah. Place. John, that war movie I, I, that I can he write. Did. I can write the books inspired in if, in your movie. Please, you heard. In. You heard it here. Come on, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, going back to the conference, I I loved it, the 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 what you were saying, and a year later. You didn't speak this year, but um, I went this time representing South Florida Wellness Network, which was super awesome. exciting, and. There was a portion where uh, I think it was during lunchtime where I was just in just hit with this idea of let me see if I can meet some of the people around here. Maybe we can find some people for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I looked at like 10 tables. Wow, my luck. And mm-hmm. none of them were like giving me something where I was like, yeah, we can have a mostly because mo- a lot of them were empty and a lot of them we're just general community services where I just couldn't see a podcast episode about that specifically right. for like my story matters. Maybe for like if we if we did a uh, an episode on the impact of homeless uh, homelessness or something like that. Sure, maybe we can bring some people. But <clears throat> I couldn't. I was looking for my story matters because I was. I, I told the <clears throat> the viewers last time we did is it, it like, I don't know when it's gonna happen, but we're gonna work on my story matters. And I was like, I have no idea what we're gonna do for my story matters. <laughs> And I stumbled on your table and uh, right, uh, and I I speci- I remembered your talk, and my my brain went oh opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, I went to to the table. I talked to you about the podcast, and um, surprisingly, you said I would love to, and now we're here. So no, no, of course it was not uh, not surprised because what w- what you were saying was also very interesting. I love the way that you presented the the organization and the group that that you work uh, with, and also this podcast, which is what I do, what I was doing there. Which is okay. Let's talk about it because it's the only way to address it. If you don't talk about it, then you can't. And then, uh, even though I was not presenting or speaking, I was still promoting this workshop that we're doing with United Way for the community. That is called "Let's Talk About Bruno." Yep. We do it in English or in Spanish. Hablemos de Bruno, and uh, is is for families. Is for for the grown-ups in charge, the caretakers of children, or even like uh, teens. I mean, like that are uh, at home. To identify uh, where, what are the Brunos that we're hiding? Uh, yeah. It could be something um, uh, like an issue, a problem that we think is, is too embarrassing, like that we we cannot show it to the world and we have to hide it because it makes 
people uncomfortable and we don't mind making ourselves uncomfortable in order to please everybody. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's very important um, to have these conversations. I was there. So when you brought up what your organization does and, and everything that you aim to, um, to do for the community, I was like, of course, I'm in. And at the beginning, again, I don't remember you for, from two years ago. Um, I saw you. I'm like, hey, here's a book. And you're like, how much is it? No, we're giving them away because you... Uh, United yeah. Way also sponsored that part. I mean, I was there not selling. I was just talking, and some of my books were pre-purchased for the attendees, the participants. Um, and you told me, yeah, which one should I get? And then I gave you my short story collection or the poetry. You, go, you gave me the poetry. Okay. Which, funny enough, uh, a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm a huge fan of poetry. Really? Uh, I actually... I didn't know and I opened mm. Yeah, I have a friend in California. She Shout out, Abby. I love you. Um, she writes... She wrote a poetry book, and I remember the. I was like... Not only am I, am I, do I get to support a friend, but I get another poetry book. I love them. So I bought it and I read it and it was awesome. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, Bo Burnham, he has a poetry book that I just think is hilarious. So I, I'm a big fan of poetry. <clears throat> so when I got the book, you signed it for me, which is awesome. You know, I'm going to eBay. What's up? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but uh, I actually dug into it a little bit um, throughout the week, kind of preparing for this. And I just want to say I, I appreciate you opening up in that book. Well, about your struggles. Writing poetry is exactly that, breaking stigmas. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, poetry is not like any uh, literary uh, genre where you get to write fiction. Okay, it could be that you invent or create a poem from whatever, a bird, but uh, it's usually very personal to the author. It's emotion through words. It's emotion. And that particular book, it's called Clara. Clara used to be my pen name. Uh, when I wrote those poems, I wouldn't tell anybody that I write poetry because I was ashamed. And also I didn't want people to start digging and, and reading the poems. I, I would think, okay, no, I'm ba basically getting naked here. People are going to see, oh, she wrote this. That means hmm, that person that day. Did you, did that you start happened. writing poetry at a young age? Very young. And no, no one knew. And I used to post back then, let's not age myself, but back then I used to post on a blog on the internet. And yeah. that was uh, with this name, Clara. Um, and I would get like some comments, but again, no one knew who I was. Um, this was just for me. It was healing what, what I was communicating in, in this poetry. And of course, no one was going to know also because I didn't want people to know what I was feeling. Um, until... Very, very recently, uh, 2019, 2018, um, I decided, because I'm a graphic designer, to put together all the poems that I had all over the place. I had some in boxes, some in, in little discs. Uh, very old. I already aged myself. Um, and no. uh, like different places, even papers and stuff. I'm like, oh, this looks so deorganized. Like, and I was reading them like, oh, they're kind of nice. I mean, like. I don't care. I'm just going to just put together a book, a book for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to print it, make it because I saw that 
there are some websites that do this print on demand thing. I'm like, and I'm gonna put it like in my house, in my coffee table, so people that I trust and I care for, if they are interested, okay, just pick it up and and, and read it. It's my poetry from I don't know, but I'm not a poet. I'm mm-hmm. just uh, I just happened to wrote to write a, a couple of poems. Well, um, when it arrived, it it looked like a book. <laughs> and I was in yeah. shock mm-hmm. because it's like, what is this? My daughter, my husband, like, it's a book. I'm like, yeah, but I, I didn't intend to create a book. I was, I thought that I was just going to do something cute for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I still had my doubts of, of putting that outside to the public and to say like, okay, yes, you know, you know what? It's on Amazon type of thing. Because um, again, it's me. I cannot share that. Until I realized, and, and it was like through through a lot of work and conversations that once you write a poem and you publish it and you give it to the world, it doesn't belong to you anymore. Whenever um, you, re- re- you read a poem, you're not going to be thinking, oh, I was Susana. Why? Why was Susana writing about this? Oh, I wonder yeah. who that person was that broke her heart or made her feel so in love. No. You're going to make the poem yours. You're going to rewrite it in your mind. So it doesn't matter who I am, who's the author, and what they were feeling. The poem is yours. (coughs) So with that um, kind of like releasing and that, okay, I'm going to just let it go Mm -hmm. from my hands, uh, my first book was published. And then it's not a perfect book. I still... No, I acknowledge that it's not the perfect poetry, like a scholar type of right. literary education type of po- uh, poetry book. But it was my first work. And after that, I discovered that this was so powerful, not only for me, but for whoever was actually interested in, in, in reading mm-hmm. what, I, what I wrote, that uh, it changed my life completely. Well, I'll tell you this. Um and excuse me, I don't remember the name of the poem, but there's a specific poem towards the end of the book, or, or I guess because your book is divided in two sections, right? It's poetry, and in, then the second half four. is in, oh yeah, the stories is the story. But the section. poetry, the poetry is divided in four groups. I don't know if you noticed that. Right, but what I meant to say is like there's a portion that's poetry, and there's a portion that's th- stories. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a specific poem where you start describing tears specifically, and I remember reading that part, and I was like. Oh my God, that's exactly how I feel when I'm like crying. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. So I'll, I'll maybe in your in your viewpoint is not this like piece of literary magic, but I will at least say that that's kind of the beauty of poetry, where it's not supposed, in my opinion, to be this like hyper Shakespearean way right. of sharing knowledge and, and emotion. It's supposed to be raw. It's supposed to be quote unquote natural and un unscholarly because it's supposed to be emotions and i've never seen any person describe their emotions as scholarly yeah (laughs) you know yeah or academic poetry should be like dna like everybody should have their own their own way of saying and that's why i loved it because i don't i i'm not i'm apologize to shakespeare but there are people that judge because obviously it's not uh, there are people that Educate themselves and study poetry. Have you ever heard poetry in motion? uh, So they say that for athletes or people that are doing things that are incredible. So it's like, and by saying that, I mean like anyone can be a poet. It's just about interpreting your message or your feelings or your, and putting it out there. So like you're saying. It's an art. And again, 
art and different types of art are not for everybody. Exactly, so yeah. what you like is probably <clears throat> not what I like. Actually, also one person can um, feel or or intake the art or the poem in this ca- in this case uh, different today. For example, if you pick that book uh, in a month that you are something had happened to you and you pick it up and you open the same poem, you might re- you might feel it different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because this is not a okay. This is a basically okay. Keep it in your table yeah. on your table because it's gonna affect you or or impact you in a different way yeah. every time that you read it. And if I give it to you and maybe he gives gives it to you and, and, and yeah. this poem and you're like, it's like no, say you've that never one had is, a that one been in crap. love. Say exactly. you've never been in love and you read a love poem. Yeah, yeah. and you're like whatever. But then you fall in love mm-hmm. and you read that same poem mm-hmm. it's going to feel a lot different 100%. yeah or the one that you like is not the one that you are going yeah. to be it's going to be your favorite because you're going to find kind of like identify with another um and someone yeah. might like that same but you one know you don't. Yeah. but you know what's interesting in my opinion and this is one of the things about writing that i love um I'm n- i never consider myself a reader i don't like reading but I do enjoy. <laughs> sorry, Bye. Uh, but I do mm-hmm. enjoy uh, every once in a while when I'm feeling up to it to pick up a short uh, text of like a poem or a short story and give it a go. And um, going back to Abby, my friend from Cali, who she wrote, <clears throat> well, uh, she has a poem in there where she talks about having dinner with her family and like completely being like dissociated and not at all aware. Of well, she's aware, but she it's like it's like she's she's having a she's eating dinner and all the voices on right right and um, she describes the walls and I personally have never felt that. However, hearing her describe it was very powerful. So that's another thing that I love about yeah. poetry and writing is that even if you specifically haven't felt that or are not impacted by that, you can still glimpse into the writers or poets life mm-hmm. by hearing them describe which is kind of how how i feel about poetry in general for example edgar Allan poe's incredible evermore poem right one of the most famous right. poems of all time i've never i've never had a terrifying story where i can equate to the to the raven in evermore right mm-hmm. uh, but it's terrifying because you can glimpse into the eyes of the person speaking yeah. You know, and it's and it's terrifying. It's like imagine if you see a raven coming into a room mm-hmm. and start talking to you like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love specifically it's about writing. Healing. It's very right, healing. writing it, reading it, and writing it. It's it's very beautiful. It's healing. Is is definitely something. I started doing it in English actually, uh, which which was new for me. Definitely. Um, I don't know. We can maybe share a couple that mm-hmm. I have. Uh, yeah, handy. we can definitely give you the and, space and, to do and that. It's, and it's very beautiful. I recommend it. I mean, if you want to express yourself, don't think that you cannot do it. Again, I put this in my little bio and on my social um, profiles. Just And someone told me, now you shouldn't say that because I put aspiring poet. And it's be- because that particular thing, I know that I am a poet the same way I'm a writer and I'm an author. Just by the fact that I'm writing and I'm publishing and I'm writing poetry, right? So that's something that you have to say. But now it's a joke to me. I know that I am. I know that even though you don't like it, okay, I'm still a poet. Mm -hmm. Um, But but just doing this uh, by being an aspiring poet is like I'm leaving myself open to Mm -hmm. always get better and find this as a path of 
uh, knowledge that I'm ready to intake. I mean, I love it. That's what opened to me my mind of basically mm, shifting my career completely like 20 years later. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what poetry has done to me. And right now it's not necessarily my main um, genre that I write in, uh, but definitely something that I that is there for me always. Absolutely. You know, here at South Florida Wellness Network, we we constantly share with our clients and with people in the community the importance of finding hobbies or finding things to help you in your recovery right. journey. Um, we call them wellness tools, right? So I, I love, um, we've never had somebody come on the podcast to actively talk about writing as a wellness tool. Yeah. Uh, Kayla has mentioned it here and there, but... I, I just want to thank you for sharing that because that's really huge. You know, we've talked about music. We've talked yeah. about movies. We've talked about games. We've talked about so many different avenues for wellness tools. But writing is never, you know, it's, it's fun to have an author where we can talk about writing as oh, a wellness that's tool. beautiful. <laughs> Listen, let's make it even like more fun. I don't, this, obviously, I'm sorry that this is going to limit um, the audience being interested, but... I don't know if you want to do something fun and maybe whoever and in the com people commenting on, on when this is already posted or something, I can give away one of my poetry Ooh. books. But it's in Spanish. That's why I'm saying I'm sorry that it's going to limit the audience. Hey, but better learn if you read Spanish, Spanish, if you like poetry or if you are curious about poetry, you don't have to be a fan. Can, can, um, can I participate I in to, that? Uh, U.S. only <laughs> uh, mail you a book uh, signed. Awesome. You already well, have one. I, that's true. And but I can give you one. Just, I, awesome. I, I love to your stories and your poetry, so I, I want to support. <laughs> but yeah, please leave in the comments, whoever, uh, and we'll pick a lucky winner, and they'll get one of Susanna's uh, sto uh, books, and you'll be able to read it, and it's going to be our first giveaway. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Awesome. <laughs> you know what? Now, let me go back really quick to something that you said earlier, which was uh, that you are not a big reader because, of course, nah, I don't want to read. I don't like reading. Mm -hmm. So these little short poems type of thing. Well, it's funny because I also tend to write things that are short, in short form, like poems, uh, short stories, or children's books, even though that's more complex, but it's a short story, mm -hmm. per se, illustrated, because of my ADHD. Uh -huh. And I had no idea that that was the reason, because I got the I was going to ask you that's probably why. I was going to ask you why do you feel like you write like that do you feel Be like you get sidetracked do you feel like uh, first of all you asked me to do something 3 months ago and I'll do it the day before of the deadline and it's going to be a yeah. masterpiece yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and it's a struggle because it doesn't mean that I was not working my way to that moment I was suffering and sweating and actually torturing myself for not doing it Instead of doing it, I have clinical ADHD. Until, I'm the same until way. Until the moment that is time to do it, and it, it just comes up beautiful. Yeah, but you snap into again it. this this situation of starting to do a work or a project, and then having to okay, it's time to go to bed or something like that. I'll continue tomorrow. Oh my God, no, absolutely, no. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's just that immediate gratification situation yeah. that a, a brain—that's what a, it is—a neurodivergent brain. That's that, what it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, um, kind of like that gets easier for me. However, I am very proud of myself because right now, with help, because that's important to acknowledge. You cannot do some things alone; it's impossible. So, it's very beautiful that you reach out for help. I'm writing two things that are big. Big, big for 
for me and my ADHD challenge, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, writing my first novel. Awesome. Chapters and characters and deep story mm-hmm. and all. And also my first chapter book for kids, um, which is a very beautiful story that is based on, a, on, on real life um, that happened in Colombia. And um, that's going to be released in Colombia this year. And awesome. I'm writing. It's, it's 10 chapters, short chapters, but mm-hmm. still <laughs> chapters. Yeah. And, and no, it, that's it, it takes more time and more research. And, and then, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to wait for feedback. Oh, my God, it's, it's terrible because mm-hmm. you don't get everything done. Yeah, I, I'm done. Bye. Mm-hmm. It's no. not instant. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share with you. Uh, so for Some of you might, might know this. Some of you might not. But... Um, one of my goals this year is I want to start working on a film that I want to create. <clears throat> and um, I've began the process of writing uh, the script and how I want it to look. And just like you're explaining, it's like uh, I'll, I'll for literally like 30 minutes, I'll be like writing all these ideas down. And maybe I want this story to go this way. And then the next day I'm like, I'm not feeling any of it. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this anymore. And then that, and then having to come back a month later and be like, oh, this is where I left off, man. I don't like this, <laughs> you know. Oh. That's been my biggest struggle, oh, and yes. that's why I've never been good at exactly like you say. <clears throat> I've struggled with ADHD as well. I'll never forget it in high school. Uh, uh, shout out to my English professor in my senior year. I loved him, uh, but he uh, gave us an assignment. We were reading Catcher in the Rye, and like I said, I'm not a very big reader. However, there's something about Catcher in the Rye that really piqued my attention. I guess youth and the freedom of youth. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the point is I read the story and as our big end of story assignment, he said, I want you to to do one of two things. I want you to write a poem or I want you to write a song about a character or an element in the story that you connected with. Mm -hmm. And I procrastinated. I waited until the night before, like a good, good old ADHD boy. And I'm like sitting down and I'm like, what do I even want to talk about? And I remembered, if, if you've ever read the book, there's this character called Allie, which mm-hmm. is Holden's brother, or Holden's the main character. And he talks about in the book about how a baseball mitt reminds him of his brother, who I think either he passed away or hasn't seen him for a while. I forgot the specifics, but there's this mitt. Um, and I use that analogy to make a song. And I made the song in nice. less than 30 minutes and I presented it and I got an A plus. And I'll never forget that experience because I think it's the, the most ADHD thing I've ever done <laughs> where my yeah. professor was like, you got literally uh, 24 hours to write this assignment or to see, make this song. And sure enough, grab my guitar, finding chords, writing, mm-hmm. my brother Ali, I'll never forget the way you used to make me smile. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote and. Like you said, it's it's so interesting how ADHD brain works, where mm-hmm. it's like all the inspiration you need. Oh, I don't need us 30 minutes. I got you. Right. But, but it was short. It's even more interesting when you don't know that you have that or you're struggling with that one. And then you think that you are terrible, that you are lazy. That's my biggest That you problem. are disorganized. That, that's why I got my diagnosis at at. 45 years old and and people might think oh my god that sucks that they no it was so 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 relieving it was therapeutic to know that it wasn't my fault yeah. that it was not me being like this like that's that. how i felt people like yeah. i 
people now are are, are enjoying just putting tags on the, on, on themselves uh, with the, all this mental situation. I'm like, no, I used to use to put the tags, but they were the wrong ones. I used to say, oh yes, I'm the 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 the, the person that gets distracted, the person that forgets, uh, like remembers things that are yeah. useless, but forgets every time has to check the box of jello for the instructions jello and then but i can make this or that without even knowing the recipe um and and things like that and then okay yes why do i always miss that exit if i already know the 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 way there and you have to justify yourself yes no i miss the exit that's impossible i mean you always come here well i i did i did pass by i did I did keep ra- driving. And, nah, you're dumb. Sure, I am. And and just yeah, that's that's isn't that the trouble, down? right? As you, a kid, I was you looked say at it that and my you, whole life. Yeah, I was that crazy, rambunctious in the principal's office, crazy kid. I used to screw my when I was I would sit in my desk and I would like bounce, mm-hmm. and my the screws would fall out of my desk, and it was just because I was just so right. hyperactive. And um, I used to make excuses for homework. I used to say, "Bunch." I would. I was a salesman when I was a little kid. I was a salesman. <laughs> I knew to, how to explain every bit of bad things that I did, but all those things were because of my ADHD. Because mm-hmm. I didn't do my homework, or because I didn't want to listen, or because I was bouncing around, mm-hmm. or because I couldn't focus. Because when you're that young at an age, a lot of the things that you're doing are just paying attention or focusing. Right. And my mind was just all over the place Absolutely. all the time. And it wasn't like you said when you were 45, but I'm, until I was like 24, when my mom told me, she's like, hey, like, you've always had ADHD mm-hmm. since you were born. They told me like, hey, this kid is off the walls, but I've never wanted to put you on medication because I understand what it can do to you um, being on medication. Right. Yeah. So it was always kind of like a thing but for her. But it's interesting because... Um, now that you mentioned the the hyperactivity and and everything that that that's why and, and people ask, um, uh, why is that you didn't get um, diagnosed earlier? You say like, oh, I always in the principal office. No, that was not me. I was always with honor roll. I was always with the best grades. I was always uh, getting into every club and the president of the of the of the class. Always. So when I tell this story about me struggling, people are like, <laughs> nah, you're just creating that. Like you are creating your stories for your mm. books. I'm like, they don't believe me because I've never, I never show it. I never show the struggles to do all the successful things that I did. Do you feel like your ADHD helped you do a lot of those things? Absolutely. Because I was the same way too. I was like a The problem is that I always put, this example is good because you say like, okay, we're always running the same race. Mm -hmm. All of us, right? Beginning to end. Uh, And yes, we all make it. The difference is that when I run the same distance and the same path, I take many steps during that, many like uh, detours, detours, mm-hmm. uh, and during that path, that when I get there, you think that I did exactly the same that you did, and I didn't. I did twenty things more, and I am exhausted mentally. And guess what? I don't get to show it. Girls are used are are always um kind of like um um forced to mask it. 
because, hey, the kid could be jumping. Oh, my God. Boys will be boys, right? Oh, oh of God, course. Yeah. He's so jumpy. Of course, he's a kid. Oh, my God. The kid, tiene hormiga. Tiene the hormiga kid, en el exactly. <laughs> but the, girl, the girls is like, okay, quietica, please stay quiet. Calladita, te ves más bonita. Please stay, oh my stay still. And then you yeah. are like, yeah, of course, I cannot be, I cannot occupy a space here. I'm a woman. I'm a little uh, woman. So I have to be on my on my on my own. I cannot show that I have these issues. Plus, um, families, obviously back then, not now, now it's kind of like breaking. And Hispanic families, because I grew up in a Latin American country, um, uh, there's the machismo that you mentioned, right? Okay. Let's pay attention if the kid, if the boy is struggling in school, the teacher goes to the parents, no, he's failing math, he's failing this, he's failing that. Oh, my God, let's do something about it. Let's take him to a doctor. Let's take him to an evaluation here and there. The girls, no, she's going to be fine. They have to worry about the kid, the boy, growing up and being successful because his responsibility is to be the head of a family, mm-hmm. like, Provide for his family. He needs to stu- study more and then graduate and then get a job and be the powerful man that he has to be. The girl can marry. So it's okay. Oh, she's having problems? Ah, it's okay. It's okay. No problem if she, if she fails because she can always marry. So they don't pay attention to girls that much. Yeah. They don't used to, at least. Uh, yeah, absolutely. era. <laughs> and you know what's funny? <clears throat> at least I, I've... I work with with a lot of Latino uh, people here, thank God, um, <clears throat> and I, I'm always grateful for that because I, I always had a heart to helping my Latino community, mm-hmm. you know. But um, it's incredible that even to this day we still see that. Yes, you know, and and um, that's a, a big reason that I wanted you to be here because the main thing that I took away from that keynote talk that you gave was the importance of breaking stigmas yes talking about problems and i feel that now and and we're getting specific because we're both part of the latino community but this happens in every family Mm -hmm. in america and every family here in broward um where there's maybe not every maybe that's generalizing but a lot of families it happens where there's just weird belief that if we don't talk about it is not going to be a problem but what we're doing is we're hiding it or i always like to see it as a monster Mm -hmm. actually i've used the monster analogy i'm going to use the balloon right uh a lot of the times when we're blowing a balloon it requires a lot of energy right (sighs) that act of breathing air into a balloon requires a lot right the same thing is with our emotions. Imagine there's a balloon inside of you and you're constantly feeding air into it by not letting the air go out. Mm-hmm. So you're just putting air in the balloon. What was going to happen according to physics and science? Eventually, that balloon is going to explode. Gonna explode. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that when it explodes, it's never in the healthiest way. No. You know, if it just explodes and made a, no- a noise, fine. But when it explodes according to mental health, you end up in the hospital. You yeah. end up screaming at your child. You end up causing a traumatic experience for someone. Recurring to drugs. You come back to drugs. To alcohol. You come back to that way of thinking that you've worked so hard to stay away from. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to talk about these issues 
in everybody yeah. of mental health. And Susanna, I, I love, um, I, I went to your website and all the links to her stuff are going to be in the description. Please follow her. Please uh, look it up. She has some really great stuff, especially for children. Uh, Lala the, uh, the Lizard. Lala the Lizard. Um, um, your stories of Encanto. These stories about topics that kids can relate to when it comes to identity, when it comes to surrounding yourself with family and with people, right? I loved the... I was reading a little bit about the the uh, the the la la lizard the something about the lights the festival of the lights or yeah, something the like concert that of lights. the the importance of that she's always she's trying to surround herself with her friends from the forest or whatever <laughs> like she's trying to surround herself with family to make this thing happen that's so important to do that right we don't often talk about that because we're afraid that we'll offend people we're afraid of what they'll think of us we're afraid that it'll open a can of worms that we can't really close down please if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, talk about it. Yes. That 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 book in particular is the third uh, book in the series of Lala the Lizard. I'm sorry. Lala, uh, to just recap really quick, she's a different kind of lizard. Uh, has three books so far. The first one I thought it was going to be kind of like an isolated story that I published uh, right after I published Clara because then that happened. I'm like, oh, my God, ne next I have to... Just this is I gotta in keep my writing. dream, yeah. and it's gonna be for kids, and yeah. it's, and I love it, and I wanted to do it bilingual, and I wanted to do the story about a lizard um, that uh, she's different because she is vegetarian. Her best friend is a spider, so she doesn't eat any insects. That's funny, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's a great tool to talk uh, to kids and families because children's books are not only for kids; are for Absolutely. families. We have to. Pay a lot of attention because it doesn't matter if the kid learns beautiful thing for the from the book. If then they sit at the table and they hear the grown-ups talk or do things that are the opposed. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, she talks about being different. She's scared about being different. Uh, she thinks she's not going to be accepted. And of course, she learns that if everybody was the same, this world would be really boring. So her friend Ari, the, the spider in her, uh, kind of like a uh, take this journey of in book two and book three to find themselves um, spreading that message of not only inclusion and, and being beautiful <coughs> because we are surrounded by a community that they don't look or do or sound like us. We are all different, but we have different abilities and talents. In the second book, they help, help a fish clean the pond because it's full of contamination and they come together for this, uh, all the creatures in the garden. And in the third book, they meet this firefly. Her name is Lucy. And um, it's very important, this, this topic and this message here for the family, especially with young, young uh, children. She, uh, the concert of lights, they are supposed to build, uh, to make these um, lanterns out of bougainvillea leaves. And hang them above the, the pond uh, in little spider webs. And then when everything is hung, colorful bougainvilleas, the fireflies come and they sit on each lantern and, be and it becomes this beautiful concert of lights. But there's one um, firefly, Lucy. She's scared to death. She's nervous. She doesn't want to participate because she says, I cannot, I don't have that light. I cannot shine like all the fireflies are shining therefore i'm going to ruin the most beautiful the most special day of the year um i'm, I'm not going to do it but then lala and ari 
convince her, uh, kind of like they remember that the worth and, and the value of, of one creature is not looking like the rest. And like you don't have to shine like the others. You have to shine like Lucy. Mm -hmm. Lucy has her own light, and that's the one that is beautiful and unique. So go, go show them. You're going to make the concert of lights even more special with your own light. So this is something very important in a, in a society that I'm not going to say now. It, like always has been about showing uh, something that we're not or showing something that we don't have, um, the beautiful family picture, the beautiful Instagram post, and the reality uh, is that we are broken or we are just faking that beauty, a uh, standard of beauty uh, per se, just to um, accommodate to others, to not make anyone uncomfortable. Yeah. Or like in Encanto, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, that we have a beautiful house, Casita, looking amazing, colorful, and full of magic, but inside it has cracks and it's breaking because we are hiding that. We are not talking about Bruno. We are not taking care of our own family members and to, to have them be the strength and to have to make the house inside beautiful, not outside. And that's very important. So yeah, absolutely. And um, we might as well talk about it now because I don't, I don't, I don't think we've actually mentioned it. We keep bringing up Encanto uh, yes. and we keep bringing up um, <laughs> Bruno. Why would you like to share with the listeners the why, why <laughs> it's so special and, and really why um, a lot of the people that I've mentioned that you were coming, I told them this uh, fact about you and yeah. they were like, whoa! <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because of course I love that fact in particular. I don't want that fact to be the one describing me and kind of like... And that's why we left exactly. it towards yeah. the end. <laughs> exactly. Because again, I'm, I'm here, but I love it that people see that logo above my, my head and they say like, oh, Disney. And then just, yes, but Lala. And yeah. yes, but this and that. Um, so during the pandemic, end of 2020, I already had published um, Clara, Lala, the first book, and then um, a short story, a story collection called Lo que escribo en la arena, cuentos y otras cosas que se olvidan. What I write in the sand, stories and other things that are forgotten. That's another ode to my ADHD. Which you can find on her website in the description. Yes. <laughs> and then um, I was just minding my own business sitting uh, on December 2020, the interesting year, right? I mm -hmm. can't COVID. remember what happened. Oh, yes, I do remember. <laughs> and uh, to make it things more weird, uh, besides all the all the traumatic and, and very unfortunate things that happened, mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the opportunities that people, some people took to kind of like recognize things that they could improve in themselves. Not everybody took that opportunity, sadly. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and others were too busy suffering, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I received an email that I thought it was spam because it was something, somebody uh, at Disney.com. <laughs> and I thought it was a scam. I thought that, of course, I'm not going to be the one clicking here because it's phishing. Who's going to yeah. email me from Disney? Mm -hmm. It's impossible. I'm just me. I'm just here minding my own. Mm -hmm. What? They probably want a subscription or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It was like I had to Google that person's name. I go. I went to look for her in, in LinkedIn. 
And finally, I determined that that was a real person with a real title, senior editor at Disney Publishing Worldwide. Mm -hmm. We want to talk to you about a project maybe you're interested. Um, I'm like, what do you answer to this? After, <laughs> after first Googling the hell out of it, thinking that it's a spam or a scam, um, yeah. obviously I died then came back to life, mm -hmm. uh, answered yeah. the email in a very natural way. My husband suggested that because I was I was hyperventilating and everything. <laughs> and it's like, just, just be you. Be funny about it. Uh, tell them that you didn't believe it. And that's what I did, actually. Like, well, after I verified that you're real. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, I'm interested. I would love to hear more. I'm available whenever you want. Um, and then that person replied back. We ended up having a meeting, and then by then I had seen the trailer. It was kind of like a song, expect, like kind of like anticipating Encanto. I heard that it was also, the songs were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which to me, Weba, what's up? it was my, my also my inspiration, and part of my healing and my saving outcome, um, outgo outgoing tool, during the most hard months of the pandemic, which was a pandemic out in the world and inside of my house, struggling with a lot of mental health situations and family dramas. Mm -hmm. Hamilton was on repeat every single day because since I battled with uh, intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. and I can't sleep, I have very bad insomnia, during the night I couldn't sleep and then I... I, I couldn't be alone any with my thoughts ever. So Hamilton, it was all the time. The lyrics are difficult, are beautiful, are powerful. So I couldn't pay attention to anything else. I was just Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, one of his uh, of the lyrics I actually tattooed in my arm. It says, "I wrote my way out." I this is from a song. Yes, called "Here Again," where where he's saying that he wrote his way out of hell, out of this. Well, I I did too. I wrote my way out of depression, out of out of despair, and out of a career that it was not giving me as much as this one. Yeah, absolutely. I got um, sidetracked, but going back to that. No, that's beautiful. No, that's yeah, perfect. I yeah. had the conversation with them, and you didn't throw away your shot. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> so when I heard that, oh my God, this this movie about Colombia and written by Manuel Miranda, this is going to be so beautiful. It was in Colombia as well, the movie? Yeah, it was, yes, it was uh, inspired how perfect. by Colombia. It was Colombia. based. How perfect. Inspired it was based in Colombia. by Colombia, uh, exactly. Funny. So this person, before five minutes before getting <laughs> into the call with them, they send me a link. Oh, just watch this because we're going to talk about this. And she sends me the link of the of the trailer that I was telling you that I was watching. I was wait, is, is she going to talk to me about Encanto? Of course. It turns out that they were working on the movie. Um, it was kind of like less than a year before the release, um, and they needed some authors, writers. Uh, particularly, they were looking to include, obviously, Latino writers. Um, <coughs> and uh, they wanted me to write one of the little books that were going to be released along with the movie, and it was going to be bilingual. Are you interested? They keep asking me. They keep asking me. I keep working with them and every time, are you interested? Are you available? Oh, Can you imagine? Hello. No, I'm not. Imagine answering no. <coughs> like, uh, I mean, like, that's crazy. So, of course, I died again. I came back to life again. <laughs> and then... Um, a lot of lives. And then, of course, I signed a contract. I couldn't even 
tell anything to my cats. It was like uh, so confidential. Oh, yeah. Everything that they were sending me was like with all my IP address and I have the 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 um, blood type of your relatives. Be careful, <laughs> don't screenshot, don't share, don't record. Like it was crazy. And and here I found myself with the script of the movie that everybody was anticipating to watch in 10 months. I was reading it. It was not even do- it was not even completed because they kept sending me notifications that, so the, cool. that the document was updated, changing names and changing this. And I was supposed to read this 200 pages script and make it into a 24 page story for children's three to five years Incredible. old. Tell me about something difficult to do. No, that's insane. Yeah. So now tell me that writing something for children is easy because it's only 24 pages and no. it's so simple. No. It's the hardest thing so hard. to write less and to write more, essen- essen- take the essence of something. Mm-hmm. That is meant to be two hours. I'm a video editor. I know. Oh you remember God. 10 yeah. hours and have to make a one minute video. Let it's me like, share this real uh, quick. Before coming to South Florida <laughs> Wellness Network, I was a preschool teacher. So I've had my fair share of having to read a lot of children's books. And let me tell you, some of these books out there, life changing. Like, I, I was, I, you know. Like I said, I'm not much of a reader, but you know, b- when you become a preschool teacher, that's kind of a requirement. You have to read these stories <laughs> for the kids, <clears throat> right? And let me tell you, there's some books out there that are so beautiful. And it is exactly like you say, just a couple pages, you know, 10, 20 pages. <laughs> and you read them, and you're like, this is actually really great. Like, I, I'll never forget, they have this book where I'm Puerto Rican and they had a book about this girl who was, I think she was living in New York and her friend is asking her questions about Puerto Rico. And so she's like, as she's walking, the pages turn into the forests of Puerto Rico, into the culture. And like, yeah, Puerto Rico's about this and that. And like the music and the junke and the rainforest and the birds. so many books that I can recommend. And like, I'm going to go to the comments and start like recommending books because yes, there are books that are incredible. There's so many beautiful books. And now that we finally like, like breaking also that barrier of of writing in, in our own Native language. Which is huge, by the a- way. Again, Disney asked me to do this bilingual. Bilingual And I was like, books, oh, they're asking me the reason why I started publishing books for kids. Lala de Lizard first was because I wanted bilingual books in a community that speaks Spanish <laughs> and English. And the parents come come to me in, uh, during the events. I'm like, oh, yes, we just got here from this country, X. And then uh, our kids ne- our kid needs to uh, uh, learn English really quick. No, and I'm beautiful. like, you, you don't worry about the English. That's fine. Just worry about the Spanish. They're going to forget it. They're not going to want to talk to abuela or tío or tía yeah. later because they already know English and so they true. are ashamed or speaking of speaking Spanish they're not going to pronounce it correctly so here is a tool that it could be a bridge to connect abuela connecting with the kid that lives here abuela doesn't understand English the kid uh, doesn't want to speak Spanish but they can read together a book that has two languages in one and now we have more books like that so I would love to recommend a few and then Yes, they told me that I should write this. It was incredible. It was actually, I, I was one of the uh, few authors that were uh, Colombian specifically, and the only one at, at that moment writing something bilingual for, cool. for, for Disney Publishing. Uh, but you know what happened after I had my meeting, I signed my contract, I 
even pitch the the idea of what I was gonna focus on the, for the bilingual story uh, that I had two or three months to work on. Uh, beautiful, yes. Oh, I even got paid the fifty percent advance. Awesome. Awesome. I sat. I opened my computer. I opened Word, and I couldn't write a word. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't, and uh, and I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't tell anyone, and I was supposed to be showing this opportunity that hey, I'm taking my shot, right? But I. I'm useless. Why, why did they pick me? They picked the wrong person. Mm. Why did they think that I could do this? No, it's impossible. I cannot do this. They picked the wrong person. The opportunity most beautiful in my life. Yeah, I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to talk. Throw it away. I'm going to ruin it. Just like Lucy in the in the story. Uh, that was me saying, like, I can't do this. So it's incredible. I had to... By, by then, I was already um, in contact with a therapist and with a psychiatrist because I was dealing uh, with um, recovering from a very uh, bad depression mm-hmm. uh, from the past months. Um, and then from not wanting to even get out of bed Absolutely. to actually like being a little bit more uh, happy, energetic. I have a poem actually. Uh, that that one I could uh, I I would love to share. That is called lipstick because just just the the fact of getting ready and and put some makeup on um, when you are struggling with depression. It's very difficult. It's, yeah. Yes, it's it's something that you think okay yes of course I have to brush my teeth shower. Sometimes you are unable to do that. Absolutely. And 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 it's not because you're dirty or or you're a pig or you're cochino. I mean like. It's because you can't physically, physically. It's not in your head. It's physical. That's why it's so important in it's my important opinion. It's important to talk yeah. and to say like, oh, that person doesn't look like has depression. You don't have no idea you what's no inside. Idea. Exactly. You don't know how Casita looks outside. That's the only thing that you see. You don't <clears> see <throat> the cracks inside. So I talked to my therapist. I talked to my psychiatrist and I told her, listen, I'm struggling with this. I need to complete something, but I can't concentrate. I can't put the work. Susanna, I would love to test you for ADHD. Mm. Heard for the first time in my entire life. I'm like, me? I am 45 years old. Uh, okay, let's let's do it. You want to? Fine. <laughs> Long story short, um, yes, I had ADHD. So I understood what was happening. So I learned how to cope with it. I learned what to do. I got medication. I got treatment. I got help. I knew what was going on. It was not my fault. It was not that I was useless or, or that I cannot uh, fulfill that opportunity that uh, was given to me. It's just that I had to learn how to acknowledge in my condition not my defects, not my labels. I'm my condition, my condition, can be worked. I'm not gonna get cured, but now I know how to handle it. It doesn't mean that I, that it doesn't happen anymore. I still take medication and I still miss the exit, but I don't punish myself and I don't yeah. say that I. One am thing a, we, one thing we did talk about I though with ADHD now. is how much it helps you. A lot of people think an ADHD is so negative, negative, negative. No, 
Without that ADHD, you would not be able to sit down for hours and hours and hours and write either. No, and I, right. and I, was, I learned to it's be. Hyper. I learned to be kind to myself. Exactly. And not say that I'm this or that or useless or dumb Absolutely. or forgetful because I was like, oh, now I laugh because I know what's going on and I know how to. Okay, let's let me stop for a little bit. You know what? It's fine. I'm going to take it. I'm going to acknowledge that I have this episode right now, this situation. I'm going to do this then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to write it down because, yes, it's damaging also for your health to leave things for the last minute. Procrastination is beautiful because it gives you a beautiful work, but it's not beautiful for your health. Yeah, absolutely. I have neck, back, sciatica problems. I have a lot of situations where I, like, I hyperfixate with eating something or with drinking something, uh, and then that's kind of like what helps you cope. But then you damage your liver because, or or whatever your, um, uh, I don't know, things because mm-hmm. you are eating too, having too much things with lime. Yeah. Because you're obsessed with lime now, oh, and then your yeah. your tongue's gonna explode because you've been like sucking on limes to cope. Uh, and then you're damaging your body too. And it's just interesting because, like, Latin Latin American um, cultures, stuff like that is. I'll never forget. Um, I, I think it was my grandma. It's, I forgot what for, but there's just like, if you're feeling this way, you should like bite on a lime, mm-hmm. or if you're doing this, you should drink this, or you should do that, or you should, mm-hmm. like, all these weird superstitions. And um, no remedios de abuela. Eh, th- mm-hmm. th- thank you. The the, the grandma remedies. Um, yeah, it's always so interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to mention real quick, that's one of the things that I love about working here is that we have uh, person-centered, we try to use, obviously we're not perfect, but we try to use person-centered language here. Basically what that is, is we try our best to um, identify the person for who they are, not whatever they're going through. Yeah. A good example, uh, a lot of, a very popular term to use for a person experiencing homelessness is they are homeless. So the way we try to go about Correct. it is like they're, this person whose name is is experiencing homelessness this person Mm -hmm. is experiencing struggles with mental health this person is experiencing because it doesn't define you autism because it doesn't define you absolutely and you have to take control somehow of the thing and acknowledge that not necessarily that you can be in control all the time but that you are in control of the things that you use to cope with it um another thing that is very uh, like easy to say is okay that person is disabled no it's just that it has a different ability it has a diff- different way of doing things you feel useless you mm-hmm. do feel disabled i cannot get up i cannot finish this i have no idea how to get there and things like that make you feel that you're not uh, able that you're an imposter what yeah. was happening to me in front of that page of word completely blank was imposter syndrome i was telling myself that i that was a, such an opportunity to me that i didn't have the i, I wouldn't measure it, to it yeah. i didn't deserve it they made a mistake how did they find me anyway why me of course i can't i'm not a, a writer i never study i would remember oh that's not a poem the, the poem is not correct because it's okay then if you have people criticizing you, one thing is critiquing somebody's work to improve or, first of all, wait for them to ask you for a critique. And second, um, do it in a way that is constructive. But 
things that you say to people are like are things that could be hurtful or things that could harm. Words have a lot of impact. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So you have to be very mindful when you do that. And that the same happens with the words that you use for yourself. So, of course, I was struggling with... That's a great point that she says that. Wait, exactly. So, no, I am not disabled. I am not useless. I am just going to be able of doing... I'm going to be able of doing this, but different. And yeah. I'm not useless. I am very useful. Just yeah. I have a different process. And I'm not going to do the things the way you do. Or the things that I want to do, I just need to understand what's best for me and mm. do it at my own pace and be kind to myself. Yeah. Not Albert Einstein, I, I always bring up this quote. He, he said a yeah. long time ago, we're all different animals. So imagine he's a, um, a falcon, I'm a cheetah, yeah. and you're a rabbit, and we all go to the same school, right? How are we going <laughs> to learn if we're all learning the same, you know? We're all learning the same curriculum, but we're all different animals. Yeah. You know, we all walk through different walks of life. We all are going to fly. Some of us are going to run. Some of us are going to be rabbits, you know. So we all have to learn what's our path. Yes, our our path and also our abilities because um, parents, teachers, uh, caretakers, children's books are not for children only. Um, there are books Great. that talk about these messages that are important for the family and the grown-ups to learn. Uh, Lala, the second book, what I told you about, is about the pond by the rock getting contaminated. And and then here comes Lala, a tiny lizard with a tiny spider friend that they think, whatever I do is not going to do anything. I'm just this small piece in the whole. I cannot solve a problem on my own. But... Being small doesn't mean that you cannot do great things. And because you have one talent and then your friend has another and then you call your community and then you unite, everybody collaborates for something. So in this case, what happens is that they have a big lizard that comes along to help the ants, the bees, the the, um, the ladybugs, uh, the spiders, and everybody has a different possibility of helping. The, they had some amphibians bringing out the trash from the bottom because they could be out and in the in the water and then handing these items and then carrying heavy things, the ants, and then the spiders building, a, uh, creating a web, a spider web, and then putting all the trash there and taking it flying somewhere. Everybody contributed mm-hmm. because I don't have your talent. I don't have your abilities. I have my own. But together we are stronger. Exactly. And and then again, you cannot teach the ant to fly or to be able to swim and get things from the water. The same way the amphibian is not gonna take off <laughs> to the sky. Here I go. No. But he's been so as valuable or more as the others doing the work. So we have to just understand that no, we're not all the same. And mm-hmm. if we were, how boring. <coughs> Yeah. yeah, I and, agree. You know, and we're not all the same, but at the same time, we're all valuable. Yeah. I also like to see it as a car. We all fulfill you know? a rule. Like the tire doesn't run the motor. The windshield wiper doesn't, doesn't, uh, it's not where you put the gas in. The, what is it? The windows aren't going to, aren't going to 
work the transmission. Well, the human body. I remember. But, but, without, but without any of those, but if one of those is not functioning properly, mm-hmm. the whole car is affected by it. 100%. Right? Yeah. And the so, human body is the same. Yeah. 100%. So it not only are we different, but we're all valuable. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, you know? Every, everybody has value and everybody has a role. And I remember I was very young and I was like 10 or 9. And um, there was like a, the Walmart people when you walk out and they're handing your bags and that. Such a nice lady. I always remember her. And um, my, I was, I remember I said something to my mom, and I was like, I was like, I wonder, I was like, I wonder um, why she works here. Like, kind of like thing, you know, because like when you're young, you don't, you know, you're thinking like, oh, astronaut, uh, cop, like everybody's gonna be a great job. And my mom's like, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has a job. Everybody's got to work a job. You know, there's a job for everybody. And that's not like to put them down, or that's not to say like. Oh, she's a Walmart mm. worker or anything. It's just there's a place for everybody in life. Yeah. And that's not ultimately just to say the work. That's in everything. Everybody yeah. has their spot where they're going to fit. My mom used to be a drug addict. And now she's doing what she's doing now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, does that mean that every drug addict can do that? No, because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of um, just personal determination to do what she does. Yeah. So like. It, it all comes down to God for me. God picks his vessels and he picks the people that he wants to, to fulfill certain roles. Uh-huh. And you just got to be extremely happy. And once you realize that this is the role that you've been given, then that's when you can extremely take yeah. yourself Absolutely. to the next level. And, and yes, and also acknowledge that, that what you do is also possible because others are doing their job too. Exactly. And they're doing something that you, maybe you don't see. I mean, the fact that we're sitting on, on these beautiful uh, uh, chairs, I mean, someone made yeah. them. Your wife's a someone teacher, right? Someone built them. Yeah. Teacher's a, a career that Teach- a lot of people oh. don't like to look at as well. But My daughter it's- is a teacher. And, and you know who had, people say, people think that adults are supposed to teach children mm-hmm. and then you are supposed to t- teach your kids my daughter is the person in this world that has taught me more. I've learned from her more than she has learned, ever learned from me. What she sees in me is, is, is pure love, but I've made so many mistakes during her like a Kayla said the same thing. Of course. Yeah. Like I learned to be a better mother because I learned to shut up and listen to her needs. Yeah. Mm. And I was not <laughs> always like that. I made I hurt her so many times just by not seeing and not watching or not paying attention of what she was trying to teach me about her. And that happens so much so many times with families uh, with where the parents think that they are the the big deal, and they and the kids just have to shut up and be respectful, no matter what you are to them. Mm-hmm. And respect is not just forced; it's earned. Yeah. And it goes both yeah. ways. I cannot ask for respect if I'm not being respectful. Not even to my children. You don't have to love, respect, and treat your mother or father like they are God, because they are not. Mm-hmm. And if they don't respect you why you are forced to give them love and respect if they're not treating you like the real human being that you should be. And also being humble enough to understand that you're not always correct, you're not always right, you don't always have the solution, and that your kid sometimes is trying to teach you something that you need to learn or unlearn 
to then learn the right way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, again, beautiful. My mm -hmm. daughter is a teacher, uh, not <coughs> only as a profession, as a career, but in my life. She's taught me so much. Yeah. That's it's interesting awesome. that you mentioned that because, you know, thinking we're both part of the Latino community, like I mentioned, and that's so ingrained in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of, like you don't talk back to your parent, uh -huh. you know, your parents are always right. You know, you, 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 the, to, to question or doubt them is seen as out of, uh, yeah. yes. It seems like crazy. Yeah, black culture too. Yeah, and black culture yes. is the exact same when thing. When they, when adults <laughs> talk, you have to be just, quiet. You get the chanclas yeah. in Spanish culture and black uh, culture, you get the belt. Get you that. Get slapped. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, but you see a, how important it is, it's right? It's fear. Respect brought up with fear. That's and that's it. the worst mm -hmm. way to do it. Yeah. Because it becomes, um, what's the word? You begin to, I can't think of the word. You be have this um, level of, not hatred, but... Fear. Yes, you fear them, but you... It's resentment. Resent. Exactly. Yes. Resentment, That's the word I was, yeah. You begin to resent them. 100%. You begin to hate everything that they do, why they are the way they are, yeah. why yeah. they treat you the way they do, and you start to think all these certain ways, and then that builds this hate. And then yeah. two, two things could happen. One <laughs> is that... Uh, that that oh proud moment of oh he's just like me uh, it comes into i want to be anything but you i want to be the opposite of oh, you yeah. and they grow up hating anything that has a relationship with your image or your way of of bringing yep. them up and uh, they separate or they fall into the same <clears throat> cycle yep. of giving the same traumatic experiences to their children and mm -hmm. the children of their children, which is <coughs> exactly. what happens in the families with in, in tra intra-family uh, trauma, that is like, okay, let's, here we go again. Because a, a drunk parent hitting family, okay, then the kid learns that that's supposed to do whenever he marries and continues and continues and goes until someone breaks the cycle yep. or someone breaks the cycle by not being able to handle it and they take their own life, yep. for example. And we are, and we don't acknowledge that that's a possibility. We don't think that's going to happen to us. We are exempt for that. That happens to other families. No, it could happen to anybody. And that anybody could look like the beautiful person that posts on Instagram, the beautiful mm -hmm. family picture. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you have no mm -hmm. idea what was happening before that click and before that filter that they added when they posted that. They... They were not necessarily hugging. You don't know that. Uh, maybe oh, they yeah. were just treating themselves, uh, each other, like uh, in a wrong way, and then just posing uh, for the family and for, uh, for the for everybody in the world to see such a beautiful image of you, such a beautiful casita outside with cracks inside. Mm. Yeah, you know, I <clears throat> so I, I was doing a, a training a cup last year. I I was given the opportunity to lead a training and. In this training, uh, we're talking about ways to prepare for um, is prevention, you know, <coughs> excuse me, uh, prevention, right? Preventing, <clears throat> coming up with plans for when you start feeling those negative feelings, what can you do to prevent you from doing something that you're not proud of? And when I was leading this training, I remember we were talking about that, the impact that a parent can have on a child. <clears throat> and I, I use this analogy, which I learned along the way. I'm not a parent, granted, but um, I've had experiences in life that had taught me some lessons of what it takes to take care of a child. 
Um, and I found a lot that life, especially with children, is about planting seeds. Mm-hmm. That can go either way, positively or negatively. Um, if you plant, a, one of the things that I appreciate in my mom is that from a young age, she planted a seed of communication where she always made sure to ask me how I was feeling before how I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is the kind of person who be like, hey, uh, how are you? I'm like, I'm okay. And then she'll be like, is everything okay? Are you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling great, actually. Okay, great. If you need to talk, I'm here. What she was doing was planting a seed where I knew that whenever I'm not feeling okay, mm-hmm. I can go talk to her. And sure enough, those days came mm-hmm. where I wasn't feeling okay. Mom, I'm, I think I'm struggling with depression. She's like, okay, let's find your resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mom, uh, my therapist has said that I might be, I might have anxiety. Oh, okay, and then let's find you those resources. You know, yeah, and 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 that finding that uh, comfort also in that safe space of somebody validating what you're feeling, and not um, making you feel that what you're feeling is not is not, not true or, or not exactly. possible exactly. Or, because think or of you're it. making a big deal, mm. being a dramatic person or something Absolutely. like that. However, it's not only the seed that you plant with the words. Because a lot of people can say to their children, um, I'm here for you, talk to me. You always have to talk to mommy but or daddy not. or abuela. <laughs> but then, no, wait, then their behavior is mm. not matching those words. Because whenever the kids are in a room where two adults or grown ups are having a conversation, if that conversation that the, the kid is over, like, is <coughs> Uh, over they're overhearing this uh, interaction about life. They might be criticizing a neighbor for for being in, 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 in with drug problems. They're criticizing somebody that oh they're just like this. That's why they cannot get a job. They're lazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see how they're dressed? Oh, did you see? Now it turns out that they cannot respect the family and they're trying to fall in love with a with their same sex. What is that? They have parents and people and adults, we have these conversations and we forget that our kids are around us. And that is the opposite of come talk to me whenever you need to say something. Because if I want to say something that is going to fall in the category of I am going to be criticized the way I heard them criticize the neighbor, then I'm not going to. Exactly. That door that you are opening for me is not safe mm-hmm. because I know how you feel about this yeah. or that. So like be trick. very careful who's listening yeah. and who is affecting those words that you're saying, even if you're not directing them to your child, your children. Yeah. And, and that's where I go to that negative seed, right? Yeah. For example, there is a family that I know, obviously I won't name them, but there's a family that I know where there's one of the biggest struggles is that their kids are very like um, they overreact. They um, are very vocal when they don't like something, and it's become a problem because they have no filter. They'll be the first one to say uh, that they they're not quote unquote polite. Polite. Yes. I'll go with that route. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I I was thinking about that. Well, well, why? Sure enough, the parents of that family always treated each other in that way. Yeah. So now I saw it in their kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
seed planted. I see it. You know, and that's why I always say it's important to make sure exactly like you said, how you're planting your seed. Yeah. Because if you're saying if you're planting the seed of communication but you're watering it with constantly screaming at your partner, it what seed are you really planting? Right. You know? And now that you bring up politeness. Sorry, no, I was saying that 100% agree. Yeah, like no, the actions that, louder than words. Absolutely. And now that you bring politeness, this is a very interesting topic because it's about, again, the things that we make or pretend to be or do just to not make ourselves look bad or to make others uncomfortable. So it's very, it's a very thin line because, of course, you don't want your kid to be disrespectful to anybody that is trying mm. to be kind or generous uh, towards you but at the same time you don't want them to agree you uh, want to them to be anything true to themselves, or yeah. to say yes that I like this or I like that to anything just to be polite right and that's one of the beautiful things of uh, writing for children because they are the best review ever oh, I mean yeah. hey you are telling me oh your poetry book is so beautiful you could be lying to me you could be very polite you could be amazing. You could be. Oh, of course. <laughs> they say the most honest people yeah. are drunk people and be and kids. It, yeah, and then and then people. That's oh so my true. God! I'm gonna. They buy the book and they take it and they never read it because they don't really like poetry. They will just be nice to me. Kids don't have kids. time to spare your feelings. Oh come no. on! <laughs> you know how many kids call me pregnant at work? They're not interested in the story, or they yeah. don't like the character, or they don't. Uh, they just leave, or they tell them, yeah. no, no, I don't want to. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Same with food. Like Same with anything. Amazing. They don't like this food. I'm well, not eating I'll it. See, yeah. Then if a kid is gonna judge be judging what I'm doing and I'm being successful then I'm, I'm really believing that I I'm doing something right because yes I mean this is it's a it's a I don't know how many rotten tomatoes this would get <laughs> kids, kids were the ones assigning this <laughs> yeah. uh, kids will actually throw tomatoes kids run the world kids run the world movies YouTube yeah. social media yeah. TikTok yeah. kids I mean when we take kids I mean like Five to fourteen, you yeah. know, fifteen. That age runs the world, bro. Like, you know, I, 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 I hate to agree, but I do. They don't. Obviously, adults run the world, but they, yeah. they're no, the. We run the world for that age. Earlier in this episode, we said it. John Krasinski is making this movie yeah. with both his biggest inspiration. That's what, yeah, exactly. Yes. It's that, that age, our age group, the older age group, caters the world for them. If we don't acknowledge that, and we don't uh, understand how important it is that portion of society uh, is for two reasons. Ignorance, which it gets solved with listening and getting the tools and educating yeah. yourself. So don't be afraid to say, I am ignorant. I'm ignorant in many topics. I say it all and the I'm time. Eager, eager to, to learn more. So whenever I see something or I That's learn about something mm -hmm. that is new to me, okay, I'm all ears. I need to keep learning. I need to keep uh, finding ways to educate myself, yeah. right? Uh, that's one way or they just shut down any possibility because they're not only they're ignorant they're also afraid of losing power it's a power yeah. move that adults and especially in this male dominated uh, uh, world that they do to keep the power is that whenever they see something new or something that is not that is against um, or is eventually gonna take them uh, they take the power away from them <coughs> they prohibit it, mm -hmm. or they put the power, of course, if they don't listen, then I'm gonna scream louder, because I'm gonna be heard, and you're like, no, not really, I mean, I just hear louder screams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I'm really not listening. So if you want to be listened, you have to first stop with a power trip and understand that you have to talk in a level that is a communication both ways um, and not just me talking on top of you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I just want to, <coughs> we're going to start wrapping up. I just want to say. Yeah? Yeah. Se acabó? Oh, yeah. Wow. We've been, we've been going for, for a while. I just want to um, thank you one more time, Susana. Like, you have no idea. Like, this is, again, and I said it for Kayla's episode, and I'll reiterate it here again. This is what my story matters should be. You know, it's conversations with people from the community who have a perspective on something really interesting. And what a perspective you have. You know, <laughs> like, this was such... I, I, I've, I haven't had this much fun in an episode in a while. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I just want to thank you a lot because you brought a perspective that not a lot of people are very aware of, you know? It's not always where we can sit down and have a real conversation with a writer mm-hmm. who writes uh, books about all these really good topics for children. Like, think about that for a second. Like, how often do you see that? Hidden messages, yeah. Yeah. How often do you get to speak with someone who themselves is going through struggles, but overcomes and constantly keeps growing, right? It's like, what, what I, this is not only what Talking Wellness is about, but this is what my story matters about. This is what South Florida Wellness Network is all about. Yeah. The idea that no matter who you are, no matter what your path of life is, you are capable of recovering, and you are capable of moving forward, yeah. and you are capable of growth. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, From the bottom ab- of my heart, thank you. Yeah, being able to see, see your path of wellness, or, and you know, a lot of people's different paths of wellness, <laughs> you know, whether it be sports, whatever, and seeing how it ultimately gets you to where you are, you know, mm-hmm. into a fulfilled place in life to where, you know, like you said, you quit in your job and you're doing something that you truly feel passionate about yeah. and where you can not only make money and make a career out of now, but you can also help people and you can help kids and you can help adults to understand messages that they may not understand if you weren't able to write. So it's super cool. And that's, you know, like Chris said, that's why we do this My Story stuff Mm -hmm. is so we can see how throughout people's 40 years, 30 years, 70 years, you know, we had some older. Yeah, last um, week we have Aging and Recovery. Thank you so much for that yeah. support. And you get to see how throughout their journey, how they were able to, at one moment or whenever it hits, make that true impact or when that, when something clicked in their life where it's like, I want to do this, I want to change. And it's it's super inspiring and it's super awesome to be able to share that with people because we do have young viewers, you know, we have 14 year old viewers or 13 year old, you know, Kayla's uh, Cooper, um, her, her son, um, and older viewers, people from different countries that may not even yeah, live the same way. Yeah, we have viewers from other countries. So it's, yeah. it's cool to be able to share your story and let them know that like, even though if they don't have that same story you do, they're going to have their story that's going to be able to impact the world. Absolutely. Maybe the and, there, and there are some elements that, that you that you think that you're going through a, this issue or this problem alone and, and it only happens to you, mm-hmm. but but then you hear somebody talking about it and then you realize that, that, that you're just a human going through something like the rest of the world and then... Um, what you have to do is not stop and cry and feel sorry for yourself. It's actually um, 
open up, get getting help, and, and, and look for help. I mean, reach out because there are tools. Yep. It's, I know I'm not saying it's going to be easy to find the tools. It's not easy to go to someone about something that hurts you, or it's, it's just you have to open up. And then probably the first time that you open up, it's not going to be the right um, match for you. You have to find another expert. I mean. Don't give up because eventually you're gonna find something that works for you and that helps you in yeah. the, during this journey. That yes, it's, it's a healing journey and it's constantly moving because it's not that you're gonna, oh my God, yes, I'm already better. Of course, I got cured. <coughs> because tomorrow, again, another pandemic. I don't know, So something yeah. happens tomorrow that you're like, what's happening? And then you are, at least with some tools uh, that are going to help you to, to manage whatever life is going to continue bringing and, <laughs> and throwing at you. I really appreciate you guys opening the doors uh, of this beautiful place, this beautiful space. I, I hope that this episode um, helps others and especially um, that brings awareness about the things that we should yeah. be talking about, about the Brunos that we all have. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and then that you see somebody and then you think they're just thriving, but you never know. So be kind to others because you don't know their story, mm -hmm. and especially be kind to yourself. That's kind of like my, my, my wish for everybody to take from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful that reminded me of my principal. My principal in high school, he used to always say something before, like he would end the announcements, and he would say, be kind for, uh, for tomorrow is not always promised. And it's such a simple message, but it's so true. So and it's like, scary. you can do, he can do so many things to do it, it, but, or say, but it's like, he chose to be kind before passing. Bef like, because yeah. kindness is the most important thing you can do. Kindness stems from love. And when you have kindness in your heart, you can do so many things for people and you can do so many things for yourself. Kindness can and change the world. There's 100%. another, another uh, lyric from Hamilton. Uh, where he says that what is le what is a legacy, and legacy is a seed you get to plant in a garden that you don't get to see grow. Mm, yes. So it's beautiful because you think about the immediate gratification or something that I'm doing. I want to see the result right now. Some of the things that we do, most of the things that we do, are not going to be seen or impactful at that moment. The results are going to be in the future, in your family, in your children, in your grandchildren, and then uh, that's a legacy. And I don't want—I don't want to be remembered for the success or the <coughs> awards and the things. Those are beautiful, of course. I love them and I brag about them. That's beautiful. Be proud of what you do and your talent, mm -hmm. but be proud for your actions and the things that people are going to remember you for the person that you are, not for your achievements and the things that you do um, uh, to shine, but to help others shine as well. Awesome. Uh, Susana, please plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Where can <laughs> to buy your books? Where they need to go? Okay. It's very easy. It's susanahillera.com. Illera is I-L-L-E-R. I was going to say, you want to spell that out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Susana, we'll put it in the description. Yeah, we'll put it in the description. Susana Illera, S-U-S-A-N-A-I-L-L-E-R-A.com. And there's also another website, vientoiluna.com. 
Um, I have <coughs> my little bookstore um, online, and I have my, my bio, my information. There you can find all my social profiles. And uh, yeah, I hope, I hope we connect. Please uh, send me messages, send me emails, uh, comment on my posts. I mean, it makes me happy. Uh, forget about the growth of uh, about being viral <laughs> or something like that. I mean, it's just what what I love to. We love our comments too, for sure. Yes, because oh, yeah. because you can tell that somebody was. You're touching attention. someone. Yeah. Yes, and it's beautiful. Definitely. That's what it's thank all about. You, thank That's you so much for about. having. Thank you, of awesome. course. Well, you guys know what to do. Please like, subscribe, share the podcast so more people get impacted by what we talk about here on the couches. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to rate us, please. A five-star rating goes a long way for the podcast. It can help spread more people, to spread the podcast to more people in more countries, too. You know, we like we talk, we have many different countries listening to us, so... Uh, Definitely please, want please. Colombia listening in this one. Absolutely, yeah. Colombia, claro. We might see. do an episode in Spanish. We, yeah. yeah, we've like, done one already, actually. We, we did need one, a second it, one. Yeah, but we need an official one for talking well. Yeah. So, um, please uh, do all those stuff. Uh, make sure to hit that notification bell so you get notified every single time we post. And as always, stay well, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Awesome. This is the first poem I wrote in English, and it was back in March of 2021. It's called Lipstick. We tend to measure strength by the amount of weight we can carry, by the number of things we can handle, by the amount of pain we can endure. We tend to believe success is determined by how many hours we can keep working nonstop, by the money that sits in our bank account, and by the price of the clothes we own. We tend to feel we're moving only if we run, only if we win, only if we leave everyone else behind. We tend to measure growth with great achievements, only to forget we grow every time we open our eyes and our soul feels eager to start a new day. We grow by the simple yet meaningful act of putting on lipstick.